Oops. I did it again, baby. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I gotta test that. the soundboard at some point, Cameron. <laughs> Might as well be with the worst thing ever. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna be using that a lot. So. Yes, we will. Let me just put that in a good You're, place. Yeah, th this is gonna be um, um, to use video game terminology a, a twitchy episode. In that, your timing of uh, popping that sound sample is gonna be of utmost importance. <laughs> the most important. Welcome to a new season of Think Outside the Box Set. That's right. It's the internet's only hot take machine, uh, which is sometimes thought of as a podcast that uh, is about learning to appreciate artists that may be misunderstood, unrecognized, or dismissed. And I'm Nathan Hunt. I'm Cameron DeWitt. This is season 17 oh. of Think Outside the Box Set. Welcome to the Britney verse. <laughs> That's right. Um... We wanted to talk about Britney because people are talking about Britney now again, mm -hmm. because uh, there was the uh, framing Britney Spears documentary that came out. Um, I have not actually watched this because I just deleted Hulu recently uh, and I don't need Ooh. that kind of negativity in my life. <laughs> Hulu, Wait. not Britney. Okay. The Britney documentary <laughs> to clarify. Um, and, uh, <coughs> I have read a lot about it and read about the situation and apparently since like 2008 or something Britney Spears is in has been in a conservatorship I believe is what it's called mm -hmm. um, which means that uh, her life is basically controlled by her dad Jamie Spears mm -hmm. um, and I, I she's been trying to get free um, there's a huge like movement that started with just fans. That was, it's, it, they say like, you know, hashtag free Britney Spears or something like that. Mm -hmm. And now after this, um, documentary has come out, it's kind of sparked this movement of, um, Britney Spears's peers talking about media misogyny mm -hmm. in the late nineties and early two thousands. Um, and, uh, uh, talking about how, I mean, essentially, Essentially, it's like cancel culture, but mm -hmm. it's but it's it's about whether or not women are performing to the um, uh, impossible <laughs> expectations mm -hmm. of um, a misogynistic public. But that's essentially what you know, like yeah. <laughs> that's essentially what they're dealing with. Like actual, this is the, this is the kind of thing that the <laughs> right wing people are complaining about when they're saying uncancel America. But this is like what that actually looks like in power dynamics huh. because Tim Allen still has a TV show. Yeah. So it turns out you that know? the real cancel culture was maybe powerful people, uh, harming less powerful people. And it was, uh, not as much about, uh, just holding absolute predators and dog shit people accountable. Huh? Yeah. It's weird hmm. how that's the, <laughs> that's what the actual counts. <laughs> cancel culture is. <laughs> Yeah. Um, although I would also say that it's, there is a public responsibility here too. I mean, there's the media for how they're telling the story, but then mm -hmm. the, like the public response, um, you know, which is saying, uh, the, the people who eat it up 
and don't question it, you know, Mm -hmm. the narratives that they're given, um, or are subject to their, you know, people who say like, oh, Britney Spears is having a breakdown because she shaved her head. Like people would not be saying that kind of thing today, 13 years later. (laughs) Right. There are tons of women who've been shaving their heads recently. And I think it looks great on a lot of women. Yeah. Which, I mean, not that they need my approval or they need me to tell them if it looks good or not, but... (laughs) You heard it here, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Finally, that... (laughs) (laughs) Finally, you have my approval. rare bit of of Nathan... um... And, and affirmation not only do they have my approval but i'm a very good ally for saying so <laughs> <laughs> and i definitely didn't just step in it <laughs> i typically prefer like the bald the shaved head look when people have beards but i guess i'll make an exception for hey man it's 2021 some women can have beards. And, yeah <laughs> recently um I uh, I interviewed a, a non-binary person who was assigned female at birth, um, and uh, on Get Up in the Cool, my other podcast, which maybe we'll plug more explicitly a little later. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, they we were doing a video chat. And they just had a bigger goatee than I could ever hope to grow. And I was just like, I'm so fucking jealous. (laughs) Like, you look so good. (laughs) Oh, God. Mm. Anyway, um, generally the goal of this show, I think, is, is, uh, is to go back to the music. When there's a conversation about what the artist means culturally mm-hmm. and what they stand for and the effect that they have on the, co- the different conversations that we're having as people. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to know what is the music doing that's inspiring all this? Right. Is the music actually that stirring mm-hmm. or was it just sort of the right place, right time, right wrong place, wrong time, mm-hmm. you know? And um, yeah, ultimately I'm not sure yet after listening to this first album. This is her first album, (laughs) Baby One More Time, uh, 1998. Is that right? Um, Um, I mean, I'm looking here, it says 99. Yeah. Yeah. January of 99. So early 10. Yeah. When it came out. I was 12. So there. Um, I guess I was nine. Fuck. I was nine. Yeah. There's a lot of um, interesting people involved in this record. Uh, Lou Pearlman, Spears, namely Britney Spears, is a very interesting person. Lou Pearlman has like some sort of involvement in it. I don't, I don't Who's know that? if he's necess- all that involved in the record, uh, but he was trying to get Britney Spears to join one of his bands. He is the uh, convicted fraudster criminal who was behind the Backstreet Boys. Um, oh, interesting. I didn't know that um, they had a fraudster criminal behind them, and I am shocked <laughs> oh also in sync he was he also behind backstreet dealings yes in alleyways and such <laughs> yes he did <laughs> uh he was also behind in sync actually too um and wow. he was convicted of running one of the largest and longest running ponzi schemes in u.s history um and uh, apparently maybe some of that started getting kicked off when the Backstreet Boys were like, hey, we've made you guys hundreds of millions of dollars and we yeah. collectively have seen about 300 grand over the last like several years. Holy shit. Yeah. They were making that little? <laughs> they were making that? barely anything. Um, 
I mean, it, it stretches a little bit not farther. Not only is that not larger than life, that's... <laughs> <laughs> it's the opposite, I would say. Smaller than death. I don't think they want it that way. I, I, God damn it. You got any more in you? <laughs> I, th- I think this, this asshole, Lou Perlman, I think he should quit playing games. <laughs> With their hearts. Yeah, there was so many strings attached. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, he he died in prison. Um, cool. In 2016, <laughs> but he was a big time uh, asshole guy, and he was trying to get his uh, claws into Britney. But it seems like she escaped, and uh, she instead worked with this guy Max Martin, who is a big time. Uh, he's like the 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 biggest guy most people have never heard of he after lennon and mccartney has had more number ones than anyone else um he's co-written he's swedish right yeah he's swedish he's written or co-written 23 number one songs um yeah he's you know those swedes they're very musical people they the pop Uh is just in their blood like abba max martin you know (laughs) They're a delightful musical all, people. All their fiddle tunes about uh, um, the devil. The devil, yep. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, so he's behind Paul McCartney and John Lennon. He is the third. Uh, he's the the num- ranked number three in terms of number one songs. He wrote I Kissed a Girl. He wrote Maroon 5's One More Night. He wrote okay. uh, or, or co-wrote these. These are written or co-written. Uh, Shake It Off with Taylor Swift and Blank oh, wow. Space. The Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. And then, going back a little bit further in time, he wrote Baby a lot of stuff on Baby One More Time. He wrote I Want It That Way from Backstreet Boys. And NSYNC's It's Gonna Be May. (laughs) Pretty soon now. (laughs) It will. Just a couple months, (laughs) right around the corner. Um, Yeah, so he wrote a bunch of songs on this album. And he is also the reason why... The lead single is so fucking bizarre. It's, I can't believe how interesting Baby One Ellipses Baby One More Time yeah, is. Exactly the song because the rest, the rest of this album fucking is just so boring. It, it sucks. Well, there's some kind of fun musical stuff. I don't know. There's a song it, called I think "Email it's My Heart." Mostly Yawn Fest. <laughs> Wait, song which called one? "Email My Heart." well that one is interesting yeah but uh basically like the the whole middle of the album from you know track three to track uh i don't know nine yeah. is uh really really boring. a real snooze fest and yeah. perfunctory but yeah. maybe one more time yeah that's a hell of a song like there were there god there are so many just like weird moralistic moral panics they call them uh, and there was a, yes. a minor moral panic about this song because everyone was like, ah, ah, it's referring to S&M when it says hit me, baby, one more time. She's a masochist and we can't yeah. have school children listening to that. We can't have them know what sex is. Um, the only way only. to keep people from this kink is to repress it more. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, that's very funny. Um, yeah, but it's it's just because he's Swedish and he's ESL and uh, he confused the phrase hit me up uh, with just yes. hit me one more time. He was trying to say hit me up again, basically. 
I feel like we ran into that a fair amount with ABBA too. Like sometimes they would just say it wasn't bad. It was just, right. they would say interesting things because they're yeah. English as a second language. And it's like, Oh, cool. That what a can, great thing to say. Yeah. It can be, <laughs> yeah. I, I want to be careful here because I don't want to like sound like I'm making fun of people, but it, it, it is, it's like that outsider perspective of like, Oh yeah, you've just revealed like an idiosyncratic, idiosyncrasy or like something weird about our language that i hadn't really noticed before or you just said something that is very funny to me uh like when my friend who had learned english as her third language uh was struggling to think of how to ask for the menu at a restaurant and she said like uh i need to look at the uh the uh the the restaurant magazine those kinds of circumlocutions are <laughs> delightful <laughs> they're, they're delightful and let me yeah. tell you when i speak a foreign language i say way dumber shit than that so <laughs> yeah i mean that's smart <laughs> yeah that is actually <laughs> that's smart. the restaurant magazine anyway so yeah it's it's just uh the 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 bizarre like phrase of that song is just him thinking about the phrase hit me up um that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So he he's the uh, only writing credit on that particular song, and that is the song that vaults Britney Spears to stardom. Uh, Where do you remember? Do you remember this song when it came out? Oh yeah, it was everywhere. Now, um, what were what was your impression? Because here's the other thing: why I think it's interesting for us to talk about Britney Spears mm-hmm. is because you and I were at. I don't know, probably how much older are you than me? How much older? How old are you now? Uh, I can't even, uh, 33, I think. So old. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I'm 31. So you, you and I were at like, I guess pretty different parts in puberty or pre pre puberty at the time when this came out. Maybe. Um, it's a pretty delayed yeah. <laughs> I mean, puberty stuff. <laughs> I don't know what your journey is or if you want to go into that, but <laughs> The, Britney Spears was like, and, and you know, Instinct and the Backstreet Boys, like they, though they were my first exposure exposures to um, uh, sexualized art that I recognized, mm-hmm. and um, that was MTV was also still, I mean, I think it's still a network now, but like it was still pretty common to like watch MTV for music videos and things like that. And Mm -hmm. like people were consuming, um, uh, music, um, and culture in a kind of a different way at the time. And, um, yeah, I'm just curious. What was, uh, what was your impression of Britney Spears at the time? What were the people in your family saying about it? You had an older brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had parents. You went to church. Mm-hmm. Like, what were all these people saying about uh, Britney Spears? Uh, I mean, it was all, like, pretty dismissive. Um, sure. There was a lot of, like, elitism and a lot of, like, religiously motivated, like, just not, like, opting out of lots of pop culture basically. Huh? Um, so well, what do you mean by elitism? I'm interested to uh, hear just more like about that. I, I haven't heard that much. Like pop music is like a debased. Uh, it's not even really right. music. Like it's, uh, it's not art. Obviously uh, it's pretty much worthless 
any, anything you know top 40 is basically worthless was kind of the attitude man i didn't even have access to that kind of conversation for another like few years after this <laughs> came out so, like i would have killed for that kind of conversation <laughs> yeah oh, so shit. i i definitely heard this song quite a bit um it, it coincided with the the brief period in my middle school years where I listened to the pop music radio station in Eugene, um, mm. which and which I heard like Tony Braxton and uh, Stephen Knight or Stephen McKnight, I guess, and Casey and JoJo and like all those like uh, Brandy and of course NSYNC and Backstreet Boys, like all those like pop yeah. acts that were big or somewhat big at the time. Um. So that only lasted like a few years, but I definitely heard this song and I would like sit through it if it came on the radio, even though I was like kind of disdainful of it and was like, meh, I don't like this. Meh. Also, it's girls and girls have cooties. So, you know, got to stay away. Sure. Yeah. Well, they do. And I'll put a link in the learning, learning <laughs> links about that mm-hmm. if people want to learn more, but that's a huge tangent. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to get into that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this song was pretty much unavoidable. It is one of the best-selling singles of all time. It sold over 10 million copies. And, uh, the music video, features Britney Spears as like a Catholic schoolgirl, um, which I remember also being pretty controversial and lots of people like clutching their pearls at, um, because it was the the first ever example of uh, schoolgirls being sexualized <laughs> in uh, American culture. Yeah, no one had put it together, you know. Like before that, Catholicism was just sort of pure. Yeah, um, and you know, it's like, oh, you're in a uniform. That uh, makes me feel nothing. Yeah, it's that uniform uh, destroys any desire I could possibly have. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to fetishize this, but I just can't. I just can't <laughs> because you're dressed the same as everyone else. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. Um, um, yeah. I mean, all, all that, all that is to say like, yes, there was a moral panic about it, but if this w- were to come out today, mm-hmm. I think, I, I think there would be, a moral panic about it. <laughs> like, really? you know, about like exploitation and stuff like oh, that. Oh, a different you kind know, of moral be- panic. A different kind of moral panic. Not like whether or not, um, you know, uh, adolescent girls or young women should be allowed to have sexuality, but, um, yeah, about like who's controlling them and, mm-hmm. um, exploiting them and things like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Yeah um let's see wait how old it's was just Britney funny Spears the way the the way those like conversations have have come back around like i you know when we were kids people that's when graphics were getting good enough in video games that people were starting to get really worried uh-huh right um you know <laughs> having more panics mod. about violence mm-hmm. in uh in video games and um now some of that stuff is sort of coming back because the people who were raised on those games some of them have turned out to be really bad people <laughs> <laughs> Turns you know? out, and it's like uh but um yeah at the time it was like you're just you're missing the point about why this is problematic mm-hmm. so yeah. exactly yeah um and britney was 18 years old when this came out so oh was, really yeah. i thought that she was younger than that uh 
Yeah, it's. I it thought she was out. like sixteen. Uh, she was born in nineteen eighty one, so ninety nine okay. or December nine or eighty one. So I guess she would have she would have turned eighteen in December of ninety eight, right? Is that the no? She was seventeen, I guess. That sounds. Yeah, I think better. she was seventeen. Yeah. Um, I just like the moment you started asking me to like check your math like on record. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do math. Uh, it was just live like, on air. <laughs> <laughs> the void fish just swallowed it up on its way over to you. Uh huh. <laughs> um. Well, I'm sh- I'm sure I'm glad we're doing so much background on this because um, God, I really don't have much to say. <laughs> I noticed you have very few sound songs. samples. Yeah, I have like five. I don't even want to get to all of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, one th- uh, one thing I noticed about this album is it feels. It- I don't know if I want to say uh, influential or like prescient somehow. Like it feels mm. like a harbinger of a lot of what pop music has developed off of or become. Um, like it doesn't sound like some of it sounds extremely dated, but some of it does not sound very dated. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's interesting. I'm trying to like look up the, the timeline for like, yeah, didn't InSync and Backstreet Boys didn't they start coming out with their like debut albums after this? Um, I, th- oof, I think it was somewhat contemporary. I think one of them released their first album in '97. Maybe the Backstreet Boys. Yeah, Backstreet Boys okay. released their first album '97. NSYNC oh, in- also '97. '97 as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, there, there there are certain things that were definitely of the time, like, you know, this didn't have very much or any, like, kind of uh, vaguely Latin or explicitly appropriated, like, Latin musicality, like... Well, there's, uh, there's a couple classical guitar licks in one of the songs. Are there? Yeah. I don't know if I took a sound symbol of it, but there's at least that one That used to be all pop music in the late 90s. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. There are definitely some chord progressions that feel like that. Like there's a lot of minor key horny songs that are not sad. Mm-hmm. They're just like they're minor key because because live the singers are horny. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a great ex- that's a great example. Um, and there's a lot of and and it's always like harmonic minor. You know, it'll have um, mm-hmm. like oh, I'm getting out the banjo, getting out the Here banjo. <laughs> What better instrument to uh, talk about the chord progressions in, um, you know, Latin American pop? Music? Exactly. Yeah. It's a natural yeah. fit. Um, so it, it would be a lot of, um, you know, you'd have your minor one chord and then this progression. Mm-hmm. Or. <laughs> yeah. So it would, it would always, you know, be like a. Minor one chord followed by a major flat six chord, which is in um, the key signature. Mm-hmm. And then it would go down to the uh, dominant seven chord mm-hmm. underneath. Um, it was that sound. And that is found in a lot of like Latin pop music um, mm-hmm. still. Um, and traditional, like uh, uh, traditional uh, Latin music. Um 
I don't even know if that's the best term to use. Like, I, you mm. know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even know necessarily how to discuss that. Cause it's in like Spanish music too. Right. Um, so interesting, but it's not fact. just Hispanic music. Interesting you know? fact about the term Latin or Latin American is, uh, that term was either invented or heavily pushed by the French, uh, cause they were trying to take over Mexico at the time. And so they were trying to say like, oh yeah, you know, we're Latins too. Like we have this shared like Latin heritage. And so that means we should be ruling your country (laughs) and we should depose your own rulers and install our ours. What do you think of that? That's, that's a really, (laughs) there's a lot of rhetoric during wartime that you can use. That one's weird. It's very weird. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's bizarre to me that it has stuck around. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's also strange for me to think about, like, France trying to be, like, you know, are we going to be, like, traditionally, like, like white in, like, the Western, like, Europe, um, North, Northwestern Europe sense? Mm-hmm. Or are we going to, like, uh, align ourselves or, or, or pose as uh, this other area of Europe that's, like, at the time, not white? Mm. You mean yeah. Italy? Like Italy or Spain. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know if they're necessarily thinking in terms of like whiteness in the same way that Americans do, but that's a whole tangent. Uh, It's a whole tangent. Hey, do you want to talk about baby one more time? Ellipses baby one more time? I do want to talk about baby one more time. You got to just put that pause in there, the the title. (laughs) (laughs) So to be clear, that is the name of this song and this album and they had to put the ellipses there because people were so upset about hit me is that true that's or what i read that yeah a, oh like it was going it was to be so called con- it was so controversial that they couldn't put it in the title oh man those swedes i blame the swedes <laughs> what a dumb Fair. thing to say okay let's listen to this <laughs> and now you're right What a good song. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> <laughs> it has those, what, this is something that sounds dated. Those weird, like, I'm not quite sure what instrument they're meant to be, but those ultra dramatic, like, bam, bam, bam. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cause there's a lot of those in like NSYNC and Backstreet Boy songs too. Like that yeah. seems very of the time. Yeah. People don't use them anymore. The, the other thing that was really common was the, the orchestra hit um mm-hmm. synth like or sample mm-hmm. you know so it would be like a midi orchestra and you know you'd hit a key on the on the uh keyboard and it would play every a midi version of every instrument in the orchestra playing that one note at the same time in its <laughs> respective <laughs> octave <laughs> it was such a big sound like especially in sync at the time um this has sort of a similar quality to it it's just like it's just so much <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> the bass though in this in this song it's a funky rules. it's a funky it very literally sl- slappy bass yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh yeah and the, the lyrics um 
I mean, it's. I I don't even really know what this song is. It, it's is it about like worrying about like whether your love interest is is interested in you or not? Give me a sign. Is that it's, what it's about? It's regretting a breakup. I think. Okay. Um, and trying to get back together. I want you back. Yeah. Um. um mm-hmm. My loneliness is killing me. I must confess, I still believe, still believe, when I'm not with you, I lose my mind. Give me a sign. Hit me, baby, one more time. And then, of course, like, show me how you want it to be. Tell me, baby, because I need to know. Um, yeah, it's it's not, like, super coherent as songs go, but I'm, I mean, she literally says, oh, pretty baby, I shouldn't have let you go. I, I want you back, you know? Uh, in an interview with Rolling Stone in 1999, Britney clarifies... It doesn't mean physically hit me, says Spears. <laughs> it means just give me a sign, basically. I think it's kind of funny that people would actually think that's what it meant. <laughs> it's pretty funny that when she says hit me, that people thought she meant hit me. <laughs> that's <laughs> <It> hilarious. <is. laughs> uh, this song was originally offered to TLC and apparently also the Backstreet Boys. Um Oh, wow. It would have been really interesting to hear TLC do this. Yeah. There, I remember reading a... Um, it might have been in the Wikipedia article about the album. Uh, but I remember like there is a, a whole bit about one of the members of TLC, perhaps uh, Left Eye Lopez, talking about how... Talking about the song and being like, yeah, it's a good song, but that's absolutely not what we're about. And it's not really the message I mean, that yeah. we, we want to be like putting out there. Yeah, it's antithetical to tender loving care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's about hitting. It's about doing hits. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I got some like songwriting. I mean, obviously, all this stuff is about. I don't know what happens with Britney Spears in terms of like who writes her music in the future mm-hmm. and how much more Max Martin is involved, but whatever it was the same thing for garth and that was our first season so we're going to talk about the songwriting um because it's because it's interesting um Mm -hmm. so let's listen to there's two examples of i think some really great phrasing and Mm -hmm. i don't know if this is just sort of pure creativity or if this is like accidental creativity with the english english language because it's like an esl songwriter Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, specifically the lyric, when I'm not with you, I lose my mind. The mm-hmm. rhythm of that is, I think, really interesting. Mm. So let's, let's hear it in context. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's, uh, it feels a little almost crooked. Yeah. It's, uh, the, the give it's me a putting, sign part at least. <laughs> It, it, it's really clever chorus, like, uh, rhythmically in the phrasing. Mm-hmm. My loneliness is killing me, and I, I must confess, I still believe, still believe. Um, well, actually, the still believe is still believe. It's, it's, mm-hmm. that's where the first surprise is introduced rhythmically. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm not with you, you would think it would be, I lose my mind, but instead it's, when I'm not with you, I lose my mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, it it uh, it squeezes 
all of those syllables together and it doesn't space them out in the intuitive way. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it does it in a, it's just very surprising. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's very cool rhythms. It's the best. That's why I think that's why (laughs) it's it's so catchy. uh, Is that Mm -hmm. there's another example of great phrasing. I don't remember what this is, but play a sound sample. Then we'll talk about it. Yeah. Ooh, that's some pretty affected affected singing too. Uh, yeah, that's another thing we should talk about. And I don't, I don't especially care for the Britney Spears affectation, at least at this point in her career. Right. Um, sometimes singers make me feel kind of queasy. Yeah. Listening to them, I do. I know what you mean. There's there's a later song that uh, makes me a little nauseous uh, listening it's to like, part of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then, of course, like, then we get into the whole, like, uh, what is it? What is that called? Um, fuck, what is that called? That, like, vocal vocal fry. Vocal fry? Yeah. Sure. And how, like, I don't know, misogynist and anti-youth that can be when people uh, are hating on it. And uh, I think that's it, literally true. in the article for Vocal Fry on Wikipedia, they talk about Britney Spears being an example, like, a, a prominent example of a Vocal Fry user. Uh, I think that is true. Yeah, I I th- I feel like Britney Spears's vocal fry is intentional because, and I think it's supposed to be like this is low and raspy because it's sexual and it sounds the way that like the way that a person would talk while they're having sex. I think that was like sort I'm of the so main hardy. <laughs> like like that. <laughs> yeah. How about we have some sex? <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I know I always just get rock hard every time I hear Frank Oz speak, (laughs) (laughs) even in his last role. Uh, what's that movie? What's that movie called? Uh, Uh, Star Wars. No, it was after that. It was with the same director as the last Jedi. Fuck. Oh, I can't believe it. Knives out. It's the knives out. Yeah. He's in that. He's in that. I think that's his last role. Yeah. Wait, who does he play? He doesn't talk like Yoda in it. Who's he's he like playing? the attorney or he oh, reads the last will. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And at one point he's like, Hi-ya! <laughs> <laughs> he also did the voice for uh, Miss Piggy, right? <laughs> it was him. <laughs> he, he, he yeah. Cr- he was the one that, <laughs> that used the knife and the knife went in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh shit. Um, okay. So that's sound sample. Um, Oh, pretty baby, there's nothing that I, or there's nothing that I wouldn't do. Hey, Cameron. Um, hey, Cameron. Yeah. Frank Oz is alive. Are you serious? <laughs> Frank Oz is alive. Wait, 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 wait. Are you sure? Yes. I'm on the Wikipedia page right now. I, I don't know what to say. I really thought he just died like you, last year. Uh, maybe you were thinking of death at a funeral. The movie. <laughs> shit um <laughs> i thought that on blank check they were talking about like how <laughs> god damn it are you thinking of like uh uh who's the other guy i mean didn't christopher Plummer just die uh maybe like just like last week or something did he i actually hadn't heard i don't even know oh he know did if, he I died in february of 2021 i think everyone's still alive <laughs> he did die oh man 
I'm re- I'm really glad that Frank Oz is still alive. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm happy to be proven wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Oz is awesome. Um, okay. Shit. I'm trying to talk about <laughs> Britney Spears' phrasing. I don't know if she decided to sing it this way or if someone gave her a note. Um, but the the kind of obvious way to sing this would be, oh, pretty baby, there's nothing that I wouldn't do or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's there's nothing that I wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. that I would, that's all on the offbeats. And then didn't mm-hmm. of the word wouldn't, that's on the downbeat. And that's sort of uh, accentuated, um, which is sort of unnatural, but um, it's that je ne sais quoi, you know, that we talk about on the uh, on the show. It's like, it's hard to say why sometimes unnatural rhythms, you know, of, of speech put to music sounds contrived, and sometimes it sounds awesome. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't really know why <laughs> sometimes it does or not. It has something to do with uh, whether it seems on uh, intentional, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, some things you you want to hear it how you would speak it, and so, in some sentences, uh, it's just really pleasant to, to hear it. Um, uh, kind of uh, messed with rhythmically. Let's listen to the sound sample one more time. Yeah. Yeah, that's very interesting emphasis. I like that. Uh, also. Also, it's not that she emphasizes didn't of wouldn't. You, it's just that it lands on the downbeat. But she she emphasizes would of wouldn't. And uh, I think that's what makes it, in this case, sound intentional mm-hmm. um, and not contrived. It's because she's still, she's still putting the accent in her delivery where it makes sense to. Mm-hmm. Um even though it's landing in the form uh, among the beats in interesting ways. Yeah. So, That's a good point. I, th- I, I, I would say that um, regardless of who's responsible for that creative decision, I think that her delivery is really rhythmic, rhythmically sophisticated mm-hmm. there. And I'm interested in talking about and tracking uh, Britney Spears's uh, musicality in the mm-hmm. future because she's a dancer yeah she's a great dancer she and she has like rhythm um and i'm interested in talking about the ways that that actually plays out in the recorded audio aspect of her music mm-hmm. yeah <clears throat> also well, uh to to wrap a bow on the discussion of britney's age she was 16 when the single came out by the time the album came right. out she had turned 17 okay yeah because I remember there was like conversation about how she's underaged and like right. that that was like an added layer. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's a lot to talk about in this album. We don't have a ton of time left. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I said there's a lot to talk, there's a lot that we could say in this album. But I I would like to talk about "You Drive Me Crazy" because I also think it's mm-hmm. a pretty catchy and interesting song. Um, and then we should talk about "Email My Heart" because it's the weirdest song. Yeah, and then we should call Love it. it. That's that's okay. my vote. Are there any things that that's a priority for you to talk about? Um, might need to talk about Autumn Goodbye a little bit because that has maybe some of the worst affected singing in it. 
Autumn Goodbye. Is that in the international release? Oh, shit. Is it not in the uh, normal uh, track listing? Yeah, so... um, uh, our, our typical rule for the show has been... Oh, you're uh, right. Let, let's not make this harder on ourselves than, than needed. Yeah, you're right. Um, so um, my version of the album, the original US release, did not have... What songs? It did not have Deep in My Heart, which I liked, actually, because I started listening to it. It was like a cool disco song. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, uh, it, then it stopped at The Beat Goes On. Oh yeah, so, I got tricked by uh, Spotify. <clears throat> tricked by a business. <laughs> it's fifty dollars for a T-shirt. All right. Uh, yeah, I was I was surprised at how many of these songs I recognized and did not know were Britney songs, including this. Uh, I think this song was one of the ones I was like, oh, I didn't know that was a Britney song. I didn't know this was on her first album. I believe hmm. sometimes also I was like, oh yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, here's you drive me. Uh, sorry, you drive me crazy, and you drive me is in parentheses. <laughs> so really, the song title is actually crazy, and it just has a little bit of fluff before that. So. There, there's that progression again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's that same one from earlier, just in the key of C. Speaking um, of disco, yeah. this sounds a little bit like a disco song. Oh, tell me more. Uh, I think those like orchestral stabs and then like some of the background vocals and then the melody just kind of like makes it makes reminds me of disco. I don't know. Do you disagree? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and that's the end of that. <laughs> no, I want you. I want you to say more. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think that's all I got. <laughs> you introduce this topic. You finish it. <laughs> okay, let's listen to the sound sample again, and, and okay. with a with an ear I'll towards. Th- I'll be thinking about disco. Disco. Think about disco as you should always be doing. It's easy to see. I think the beat sounds very disco to me. Really, the cowbell? Not the cowbell. The other, the other parts of the beat. Um, I mean, there are disco songs with cowbell, uh, or contemporaneous songs with cowbell. Um, I think also the way the like chorus crescendos sounds like a very discoy kind of crescendo, and especially the melody, the the pre-chorus melody, um, sounded very disco to me. I don't know. I might be just completely out to sea here, though. Um, I'm not a disco expert. expert. <laughs> You're also not a disco expert. <laughs> or expert. So, no, I mean, um, not that I am either. A, but. a thing that I really like in um, minor key pop songs of this time um, are when they go, when they momentarily transpose to the, to the relative major. Um, so the idea of the relative major we've talked or relative minor or major is, um, that for every minor key, 
I'm starting with the minor because that's what this song is in. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a major key that has the same notes in the scale. It mm-hmm. uses the same notes. Um, <clears throat> so, for instance, um, the key of A minor has no sharps or flats. It just goes A, B, C, D, E, F, G, A. And the key of C major has no sharps or flats. C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C. And um, it's just asserted, its majorness is asserted by repetition of the C and returning to the C. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the uh, minorness of A minor, you can tell that it's a minor key because um, <coughs> uh, repetition of returning to an A minor and because of the use of the harmonic um, seventh, which is um, adds that extra layer of drama and, and tension, um, makes the five chord a major five chord. Anyway, that's a bunch of theory stuff. But sometimes um, songs will flirt back and forth between the minor key and the major key. Um, and I think that that's a really musically satisfying, uh, device. Mm. Um, so you can, I don't know if I'll, my, like, <laughs> I mostly play old time music these days. So my ability to like hear, uh, chord progressions and play them on the banjo, which is the instrument that happens to be next to me, um, is limited. So I'm crazy. And it feels so right. There it is. And it feels so right. So there it goes to the major parallel. So this would be the song is in C minor. Um, I no 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 no. I'm in <laughs> I'm in a different tuning right now. Um, <laughs> the song is in D minor. Ooh, and then it goes up to the key of um, uh, F major, mm-hmm. um, which is I think is just really satisfying because you think it's going to keep going like this. But instead of going crazy and it feels alright, and then it goes back. It does it's just feel like so little, right. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it's pro- probably probably why they chose to go to that chord there with that lyric. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's just like those little interesting things that are more engaging than a typical pop song that is just sort of like exhausting to listen to. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. just surprised at how engaged I felt for um, these <laughs> two Max Martin songs. Yeah, I mean, this is another Swedish jam. It's got the it's got a real stench of Lingenberry about it. Um, and <laughs> although he is the last credited songwriter, uh, there's a bunch of other looks like Swedish names: Jurgen Olafsson, yeah, Magnuson, Per Magnuson, Dave, David Kruger, who could be Swedish, who knows? Um, but he uh, produced, or he was involved in writing and producing, even if he's not the first credited uh, one. Yeah, so, I mean, there's not a lot to this song lyrically. I mean, it's basically just like, you know, it drives me crazy when I think about you, and that's basically all there is to it. Uh, And the verses kind of elaborate on that. I'm so into you. You got that something. What can I do? Baby, you spin me around. Oh, the earth is moving, but I can't feel the ground. Yeah, just a song about that feeling of you know, essentially being so infatuated with someone that you're, um, that it's not really about them. Mm-hmm. 
or about like any perceived connection between you and this other person. It's a, it's, it's just sort of a solipsistic, you know, horny, um, Mm -hmm. fixation. So, which is relatable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think a lot of people feel that, especially in the target demographic of this music. So yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, I kind of want to talk about the song Soda Pop because it is so fucking wild. Well, we're way overdue for a superlative slam. Yeah. You're right. We needed to talk about this. <laughs> this song is so fucking insane. Uh, this is like the dance hall song. It's it's kind of a dance hall song. Britney Spears really. I mean, maybe I'm off base here, but it really sounds like she's trying to sound like a black singer. Does it not? Uh, <laughs> I mean. Uh, you'd have to point to like specific little moments, but in general, that whole sound I think, sample. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know where you draw the line. Like, I think there's a big difference between like Eminem affecting like you know Caribbean like stuff, and then having to explicitly apologize for it in his next right. album. Yeah, <laughs> and and just white pop musicians wanting to participate in pop music, and therefore it's all black appropriated music almost. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is that, but she doesn't always have this same level of, uh, (laughs) that, uh, level. She doesn't have the same level of appropriation at all times. Um, Uh and, uh, it really sounds like, uh, she's going for it on this song. All right, play, play it one more time. Yeah. Let's, let's think about it now that it's in our minds. Yeah. It's not done yet, either. Whoa. Oh, fuck. Everything's falling apart on my desk over here. What's going on over there? I don't know. Did you hear any of that? <laughs> yeah, what was that? Oh, shit. Uh, stuff fell all over my keyboard and activated all kinds of other songs <laughs> playing in Spotify. Uh, uh, I guess you can cut this out. Um, or you no. can leave it. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I, have sh- I have shit to do tonight. <laughs> okay. You well, get one edit. Maybe. Okay. And it's got to be good and not funny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've got egg on my face. Uh, we can go back to that song. I think it was about midway uh, that everything started yeah, falling yeah, apart. Yeah, kick us back midway. Come on. Just let me... There it is. There it is. Her background vocals? That, like... Mm-hmm. That sounds yeah. She sounds like Gwen Stefani trying to <laughs> sound not like. Oh, yeah, I was I was gonna say she sounds like a specific. Who am I thinking of? Is it is it like Tony Braxton? Like she sounds very specific. Like like she's trying to sound like one specific person too. Huh. Um. But it's, again, it I definitely might just be... sounds. Re- I will give it to you that it sounds really different. 
yeah. than the rest of this album, where it doesn't necessarily feel like she's trying to affect any sort of black music. Mm-hmm. And then in this song with, I, I think this is the only song with a black person uh, co-starring on the song. That's not words that you use to talk about music. <laughs> uh, this Mi- song starring. Bassey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mikey Bassey as Mikey Bassey. <laughs> Mikey Bassey as um, himself. Yeah, she definitely seems like she's trying to, uh, yeah, uh, part- participate, <laughs> <laughs> if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't yeah. know. It, it didn't feel it didn't feel egregious to me. Um, speaking of starring and roles, and I'm the final say. <laughs> yeah, you are. You you are you are the one who makes these choices and decisions. Um, <laughs> but speaking of starry role, starring roles, uh, Mikey Bassey is the starring role of this song. Like Absolutely. this is not a Britney Spears song. This is a Mikey Bassey yeah. song where Britney Spears is singing backup. And he says some wild shit he in this says song. Some absolutely like the, wild shit in this like song. Like the great poet Homer, Agamemnon, or even Zeus. We're taking One of those a biblical expedition. <laughs> this pop ditty we choose. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Excuse me? <laughs> yeah. So be calm. Don't ring the alarm, you see, because we go on and on. Come, 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 follow me, Britney. Yeah. Uh, open a soda pop watch it fizz and pop the clock is ticking and we can't stop is i i mean there are so many things that the soda pop could be a metaphor for um some of them somewhat dirty uh it could also just refer to like be like a, a pun on pop music because he's talking about yeah, pop ditties more likely poetry more likely that you know? uh there's um there's okay (laughs) the genius annotations on this song are there's only two and they're absolutely wild (laughs) um and i i guess i just i'm gonna read the whole thing do it real quick okay although difficult to interpret without looking at the rest of the song which you can do very easily on genius i'll point out (laughs) it's right there You this can. first confirms the song's hidden dirty meaning before the song really begins. What? This verse, this is the one that we just read. This verse in the context of spewing soda doesn't make a lot of sense. In the context of sex, however, it describes a horny man who hasn't been satisfied by other girls. No, it does doesn't. It say that at all? <laughs> Absolutely even does not. No. Not even close. And here's where it really doubles down. He chooses to seduce Brittany. In the hope that she will do better. (laughs) (laughs) What? This is evidenced by the rapper referring to the other woman as insoles, which he does not do. He does not do. (laughs) At any point in the song. Since insoles are only part of a shoe and not a whole shoe, this shows how sex with other girls doesn't feel complete and leaves him wanting more. And then there's a picture of some insoles. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm going to, with my, with the official think outside the box set, uh, account, I'm going to upvote this. <laughs> <laughs> it's very amusing. It's insane. <laughs> oh shit. He and then there's doesn't another even one use about the word like how this is about ejaculate. Well, I mean, that's... Which I think is tenuous, tenuous at best. Well, I don't know. I think... I think Here's my tech on this song. It's not about a penis ejaculating, but it's also not not about a penis ejaculating. <laughs> it's like... It's, it's mostly about, like, pop music and how a pop song is kind of like a soda, but it's also like, you know, we can have a little sly, little uh, uh, secondary meaning going on. 
Um, yeah, well, it, one thing is for sure in that it's not about female ejaculate. And I think we should move on to the next song. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, and you wanted to just skip ahead to email my heart? Yep. And then we got to go. I yeah. got to go make dinner. Okay. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna play very quickly the most affected vocals from the bonus tracks for the international edition. Okay, great. Great. Thinking of you and the love of our lives in the sweet summertime. Yep. Maybe oh, yeah. pretty nauseous. Wow. I that felt so international though. I'm not I'm not making a joke. I mean like the beat was so like yeah. Eurovision. It's, it's like, very Euro trash beat, yeah. I, I really <laughs> it's like Eiffel sixty five. Just some shit like that. <laughs> All right, let's listen to Email My Heart. So sorry, can't you give me one more chance to make it all up to you? Email my heart and say our love will never die. And I know you're out there and I know that you still uh so no you care <laughs> I, I know that you still care <laughs> email my heart um so i've i've been recently watching a lot of steven universe which is one of the best shows i've ever seen uh yeah and i was listening to i this, think i know where you're going with this i was listening to this and i was like damn this sounds like a steven universe song <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't i don't know like quite what it is about it uh but like the melody and the chord progressions are like wow this I don't know. This really reminds me of a Steven Universe song for some reason. Also, the the extraordinarily like silly line about email my heart. They oh, like yeah, to have it's fun. It's so stupid that it almost feels like does a smart person write this yeah. because of how insightfully stupid it is. This is such a fine line between stupid and clever. Uh, there, uh, famously, there is a, a song in the first season first few episodes of steven universe called um let me drive my van into your heart yes <laughs> which is one of the best songs ever written it's so, so great <laughs> yeah uh all right so yeah people are talking about how this is like in in the tradition of like technology um songs like communication technology songs yeah hello mr operator uh, please mr postman please is that technology <laughs> yeah I, social I, technology I, yeah Weather writing. <laughs> okay mr sandman of course uh dream technology yeah. <laughs> dream inception <laughs> exactly incept me an idea <laughs> to make me live my life a little better <laughs> You're nailing I want it, to Cameron. come to terms with my father's legacy, Mister Sin. We send me a dream. <laughs> um, uh, there's also like the tradition of um, it's also like a gospel music tradition where they're like talking about like uh, uh, I wish I had a good example. Um, gospel music about the radio. I feel like that was a big one. Oh, really? Um, Oh fuck the, the there's not good SEO on that search engine. Um mm. but you know there's like a bunch of like gospel music songs about like um uh the being on a party line with Jesus or like turn really? your radio on. I think that's a song. Turn your radio on. Let me look. Turn your As like a metaphor radio. for your soul to Jesus. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, come and listen to a radio station where the mighty host of a heaven sing. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. If you want to feel those good vibrations, come and come to joy. Uh, to come to joy that His love can bring. Uh, turn your radio on. Glory share. Turn your lights down low and listen to the Master's radio and get in touch with God. Turn your radio on. There's like a bunch of songs that are like about a new technology, and they the songwriter seems to have a tenuous grasp of how the technology works <laughs> uh-huh. and all the implications of it. And this is a perfect example of it. Uh, and it's a song that's instantly dated. Mm-hmm. It's the real uh, "You've Got Mail" of songs. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I would love if there was just, like, a bunch of stuff in the song about, like, checking your spam folder. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, that's the follow-up song, Spam My Heart. Uh, <laughs> spam already does that, literally. Does. Uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about that song. I, um, I kind of like this song musically. I mean, it's absurd lyrically. It's... I mean, it's 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 kind of whatever. It's I mean, it's essentially like saying, "Hey, I'm writing you letters. Why don't you write me back?" They're just like sure. updating it with the word email. Um, so it's although there there are there are some very dated, uh, clumsy fumblings with tech language. Like, "Whoa, I can see you in my mind coming on the line <laughs> and opening this letter that I've sent a hundred times." Uh, yeah, the <laughs> yeah the relationship between uh, bodies and technology is sort of like it's very cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Yeah, it's, yes, exactly. For instance, email my heart. Yeah, because that's where my inbox is in my cyber body. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, um. Yeah, oh. I mean, what really is going on? Obviously, is the the sort of over clarification of a metaphor mm-hmm. um flight of the concords do this a lot um what uh we, we talk about this song all the time like i'm at this fork in the road looking at the irony called life uh or how come we're at this fork in the road when it cuts like a knife yeah, yeah something like but like that, anytime yeah. where you say you say the metaphor and then you say in the same breath what the metaphor is about mm-hmm yeah email my heart yeah i mean i think that's basically what i have i mean it's the songwriter eric foster white uh via a slate interview this is on the genius uh literally says he meant it to be an update to a succession of songs like please mr postman and dial my heart that tied popular forms of communication with a love interest so he seems like pretty intentionally just like this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna write another one of these type songs and then Eric says, and now we are drowning in hundreds of songs about texting and social media. Are we? Like, they, they might appear in songs, but are there specifically songs that are, like, built around... Concept songs. Yeah. Tweet me back. Uh, let's DM, baby. Uh, get in my, my DMs. I mean, li- yeah, Lizzo doesn't make Follow whole songs Finsta. about DMs, but every single one of <laughs> <laughs> of her song says uh, talk about some man trying to slide into her dms yeah that's true yeah which is like in in reality i really cannot imagine that lizzo is checking her dms because <laughs> there's gotta be some rough stuff in there oh boy it's, i mean yeah it's gotta be the worst just 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 by merit of her be, of her being famous 
and a woman. There's rough stuff in my DMs, and I have a old time music podcast. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I cannot imagine what Lizzo is going through. Oh boy. Um, uh, Britney Spears has to say about the song. Email my heart is a song that everyone can relate to. Everyone's been doing emails, and it's email my heart, so everyone can relate to that song. Everyone's been doing emails. <laughs> Remember, I, I remember back then in 1998 when people were doing emails at me and I was doing emails at them. It was a great time. One time in fourth grade, I did an email to a girl that I had a crush on and I put uh, a rose emoji at the end. And then the main boy that uh, oh. she was sort of interested in confronted me about it the next day. Oh, no. <laughs> Wait, and by emoji, you must mean like ASCII art, right? Because this is this predates emoji. No, it was it had um. Well, I actually don't know the difference between that. What are you talking about? ASCII art? You don't know what ASCII, ASCII art? ASCII? No, what is that? Oh, you'd recognize it if you saw it. It's when you like make a picture out of letters or like slashes and pipes and stuff. If you just search like oh, no. ASCII art. No, no, no. It was an actual, uh, like, little picture of a rose. Oh, it must have been, like... Was that, like, AOL or something? Because, like, emoji as a standard is, like, a a standardized specific set of symbols that is not owned by anyone and uh, right. everyone can use and is built on top of Unicode. Um, what you're talking about sounds like a proprietary kind of, like, little icon thing yeah it was like built into hotmail okay gotcha and and somehow she saw it okay gotcha and so and so did um uh josh josh (laughs) fucking josh one of of the men one of the many threatening uh joshes in my life (laughs) (laughs) oh no is that name forever tainted i i know at least one josh right now who is a very sweet man uh, are you talking about Jesus, who's technically etymologically <laughs> the same name? Because yeah, I, yes, I really appreciate that. He's uh, King of King, Lord of Lords, etc. He's yeah, very sweet. Josh of Joshes. Josh of Josh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. uh, one of my favorite like little memes was talking about how like uh, technically when you're talking about Jesus, the anointed one and like all of the like Christ names, you could, you could have just called him oily Josh. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, let's end the show. (laughs) Slicked up Josh. Love it. Uh, those are those fun church jokes that everyone loves. Well, (laughs) uh, what's the next, uh, the next album is oops. I did it again, right? Oops. I did it again. Uh, oops. I did it again, baby. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just to clarify for the audience, I have gone through and edited out the rest of those, and there were at least double digits of them. Uh, Nathan was absolutely insufferable, and we will be yeah. having a conversation about this afterwards. Oh, no. My performance review. You get one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um so thanks for listening everyone we'll be back next week with uh oops i did it again um oh thanks also for your patience this past week uh cameron and i were both a little bit under the weather and we were not able Uh, to record i don't know i don't think we've mentioned that on the free show yet 
we did mention it on our uh, weekly mini show for supporters called What's in the Box Weekly, which you can get access to if you want to join our Patreon at support.boxset.website for only a couple bucks a month. You can get you too can get access to all these bonus episodes. Uh, a lot of and most most of them are this uh, weekly mini show. This week I talked about a great show on Hulu called The Great, and Cameron talked about. I talked about Raya and the Last Dragon, both of them, the new Aquafina movie, <laughs> uh, and I had some thoughts. Wait, is Aquafina in it? Uh, yeah, she's the Last Dragon. Oh, okay. I did not know that. Yeah, she's fine. It's not her fault. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not to spoil my review. Uh, is Dasani um, also but, in it? How about Fiji? Uh, oh God! <laughs> or Kirkland's signature. Polar Springs. Um, there are a lot of people in it who are destroying the Earth. <laughs> there, are you happy? <laughs> uh, lots of unnecessary plastic waste. Yeah. Uh, if you're unable to afford the Patreon, which is, is which is very modest, or if you're uh, at this time, we understand. There's so many subscription services, things like yeah. that. Although I will say that, like, if you enjoy this show and you're still listening after all these years and seasons. Um, there's just a huge backlog of like weekly episodes and you can just totally binge on them, which may be worth it for you. But if you're unable to do that, um, please share the show. There are not a lot of people who uh, are aware of this show. And I think there's a lot of people who would like it and uh, would enjoy, you know, our particular brand of irreverence and reverence mm-hmm. and music theory, nerdery and things like that. So um, what I'm the call to action, I'm going to say, if, if you're not going to join the Patreon is um, find, you know, like a Facebook group or a subreddit of another podcast that is sort of like similarly niche or nerdy, you know, like a, a flop house or something along those lines. And, uh, you know, uh, share, share a link of think outside the box set. Maybe, um, maybe a little, a little clip of one of your favorite moments. You can go to fireside, uh, the, our fireside, or boxit.website and go to the episode and find an actual time code if you really want to. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, just uh, tell some people about the show. Let's get some other people listening. Um, the more people that listen, um, the uh, more interesting feedback we have on the show and um, the more like listener voices we can incorporate and et cetera. And uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, that's, that's my request for you all this week, especially anytime we're starting up a new season that's a new opportunity to get more people on board. So especially for someone like Brittany, I feel like a lot of people would be interested in learning more about Brittany and joining us as we also learn about her and her music. Let's go on this, this journey together. Yeah. Thanks Cameron. That was good. All right. Uh, Let's see. You can email us. Speaking of listener feedback, you can email us at email at box website. Tweet us at tote BS podcast. Also a great way to, to support the show is to go on iTunes and jam or Apple podcast or whatever it's called now and jam those star buttons and type those words. Uh, That does help. I am given to understand. And you should also listen to Cameron's other podcast, which is called get up in the cool. Oh yeah, I finally released that episode with Shohei Sitsumi with which is our first uh, non-acoustic episode where my guest played uh, traditional uh, Appalachian fiddle tunes on the electric guitar and I played um, some keyboard accompaniment that I can only describe as high camp. 
<laughs> is that how you describe it? <laughs> yeah, what, what I've been saying to people uh, is Shohei Sutsumi is old time as fuck on whatever instrument he plays, and I am high camp on whatever instrument I play, and old time music is high camp on whatever instrument it's played on, ultimately. <laughs> so, anyway, if you want to uh, figure out the context for what that all means, uh, go listen to that episode. Um, Shohei is wonderful, has some really um, some really nice thoughts ab- and uh, about tradition in general, regardless of whether it's musical or not, and culture. Um, and uh, it's a great example of um, you know an outside perspective on American culture, um, down to the granular, you know, Appalachian fiddle music to um, uh, the larger kind of. <laughs> ideas about individualism or conformity and how that's uh, affected him. So I think that's a really lovely episode and uh, yeah, you should go listen to that. And then his uh, first episode, which is all just more straight down the line, trad music. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. I've been Nathan Hunt and I want you to spam my heart. And I've been Cameron DeWitt and I need to see the restaurant magazine. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, uh, my son is asking for snacks, which oh. means that I should probably start cooking. Uh, it's time for a sacrifice <laughs> to the god of hunger, which is what I call your son now. <laughs> <laughs>